you've been on podcast. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our coverage of the Disney Plus series, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. This is the season finale of the show. Whose show is this? The episode is titled, and yes, that question does get answered. I gotta say, this episode was very extra. And speaking of extra, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. And you can get all of our bonus additional content there as we not only have subscriber mailbag, we also have some new things added to the Patreon coming out in the coming weeks. More details on that to come. But again, thank you guys for your support. Much appreciated. But let's introduce the panel before we talk about this finale. First, the super producer is in the house. Jake Christie. Jake, how are you? I'm doing really well, uh, and I'm happy to talk about the finale of uh, a show I very much enjoyed. Yes, yes, very much so. And we have two guests with us today. First, she is a friend of the show, Pal, our buddy on the Discord, talking that talk, giving us the info, giving us the down low about what's happening in not only She-Hulk, but all of the things in the MCU. It's a pleasure to have her on the actual show for the first time. She's been on some Patreon things that we've done, but Cecilia Stokes, welcome to the program. How you doing? I am great. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we do have another guest as well. Uh, another colleague of Murphy's Multiverse. We love bringing these people around our show. Um, I think she does a tremendous job writing articles. You should check her out at murphysmultiverse.com. Her name is Mary Rowe. Mary, welcome to the program for the first time. How you doing? Thank you. I'm good. I am also excited to talk about this, obviously. Very interesting show. Um, and I'm ready to go. Yes, absolutely. And yes, yeah, speaking of that interesting show, Mary and Cecilia, you both have not been on previously. So as customary, when somebody who's new comes on, we ask them, hey, what do you think about the show to this point? And Mary, I'll start with you. Before this finale, how, how did you receive this show throughout the first eight episodes, and how did, how did it land with you? Overall, I loved it. Um, I, it's my favorite show, and it was even before today. Um, I thought it kind of hit a slump in sort of the episode five, six area for me. Um, but overall, I've just loved it. I've loved, um, I mean, obviously, Tatiana Maslany has been great. The supporting cast has been great. Um, it's hilarious. It's kind of real in like a weird way, since obviously there's, you know, hulks and weird supervillains going on, but I have really loved it. The finale definitely lived up to a finale for it. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, so I've loved it. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Uh, we'll revisit that soon enough. Cecilia, how about you? How did you receive this show through the first eight episodes? Um, I mean, I will just preface this by saying I'm a person who just generally tends to like things a lot. I mm -hmm. like liking things. Mm -hmm. And I am also a mm -hmm. very generous uh, reader and viewer. So mm -hmm. I was going into it expecting to like it. And I liked it even more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was way smarter than I was expecting. I was expecting it to be kitschy and kind of, you know, playing with our expectations about what it would mean to have like a she hulk female hulk situation in in marvel and i think that they they met that and then exceeded that expectation 
on multiple levels for me many, many times um, with the way that they use a female character to play with genre and form and the fourth. I just thought it was so, so smart. So not only did I laugh a lot and find it just like fun and engaging and enjoy or yeah, enjoying. I really, yeah, thought it was smart. Interesting. Yes, yes. And so now as we talk about this finale, listen. There are a lot of fun things that I do want to get to about this finale, but this the talk around this finale has been dominated today by the fourth wall break and mm-hmm. the big fourth wall break that occurs in the middle of the episode. I want to go around the room with everybody and get their thoughts about it first. So Jake, give me give me your thoughts. What did you think of where this where this went? So, I think that I, the entire time I was kind of on edge because i'm like don't blow this like don't fucking blow this and i think that there's some things that i didn't love what the, i don't love the way that the fourth wall break ends going back into the episode but i think the saving grace of this episode even if i don't agree with some of the choices of what showed on screen is that i think that they actually kind of nailed all of the humor in the fourth wall break that like it wasn't it, it, it was genuinely funny and i think that it was clever and so like i'm willing to forgive some of the you know narrative issues that i know we're going to talk about because it's like it's not like they shortcut a narrative to do like a dumb segment they shortcut it to do something that i thought was really funny and clever and we'll talk about kevin plenty um so overall i really enjoyed it but the entire time i was on pins and needles because i'm like if this is not good I can't be on the internet today. (laughs) (laughs) Cecilia, you had a lot to say about this on the Discord today. Um, I want to hear these takes verbalized out loud. So give them to me, please. Yeah, I I did have a lot of takes and I, I like made my one of my colleagues and friends like finish the last five episodes of the show today so I could talk to him about it and get my ideas. Out That's friendship. <laughs> it was, yes. Shout out to Gabe. He was great. Um, but what I heard, especially as I was engaging with people through discord and stuff, was this I this kind of fact that a lot of people felt like it was unsatisfying, like the. The, especially the shift from the fourth wall break into what came out of it, the consequences of, you know, everybody going to jail, et cetera. And what my takeaway from that was that I actually think that the show was intentionally refusing the viewer that satisfaction to kind of, it unseated and kind of decenters that what would typically be seen as like a male-centered uh, narrative where everything does is visualized in like all of the the conflict and the explosions and everything is visually there and that is what achieves a narrative a satisfactory narrative ending and they resisted visualizing all of that for us and so it did this really interesting thing where i felt like it was kind of asking the viewers to interrogate for themselves what that desire for a specific type of narrative and visual satisfaction comes from. And because I just saw it so linked to the <laughs> the the switching out that kind of male-centered discourse for a female one, I think that that was what was going on there. And they also did it by playing with genre because at the end when she was talking to Kevin, you know, she starts off by saying this is a lawyer show. I'm going to make my case now. 
And so they mm-hmm. use genre mm-hmm. in a really interesting way to kind of <laughs> subvert those expectations and get to the core of those desires that we want to see, that we carry as viewers for um, for finding a satisfactory ending. So I thought it was brilliant. I think that it was way, way again, I think the shows ended up being way smarter than I was expecting. So I freaking loved it. I love that she rewrote the end of the story entirely and was like, this is what you're going to get. This is what the end of my story is going to be. Because this, you know, the title of it is whose show is it anyway? So this show right. is my show and I'm telling this story and this is how it's ending. I loved it. No, it's a, no, no, it's a very, very interesting take. Um, I, I have some thoughts on it overall, but I want to hear Mary, Mary also. Mary, like, how did you feel about this fourth wall break-in and um, how it not only uh, accomplished what necessarily it, it wanted to accomplish for Jennifer, but how did it affect the show? So I really liked what Cecilia just brought up. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. And I do think that there's this sort of obviously thematic element of Jen took control of her life, whether that was by, you know, coming into the real life or whatnot in that fourth wall break and doing it that way or whatever, like she did. And then that's kind of where we ended the finale. The thing I liked least about it, and I loved it because it's one of those things I think, like Jake said, like, we had a kind of a truncated storyline because we got something really cool. So it's like, I can't complain too much, mm-hmm. but um, I I really wish I, or we saw more of how Jen got from, you know, being arrested and with an inhibitor to just totally free again. Mm-hmm. Like I would, that, I think that was a journey in and of itself that I thought, would have been portrayed at some point. So I do miss that. Um, But I do agree. It definitely wanted to subvert a lot of expectations and it did that. Um, And I do think it puts itself in a pretty decent spot for a potential season two, if it's going to go there. Um, But so kind of a mix of those ideas. I do think we lost a little bit of character development, but we got a pretty cool way of, ending a season, ending a show, ending anything in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, really. So I think overall, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> but I do think it, you know, it's not perfect. <laughs> yeah, I would tend to agree with that. I think, as I was thinking about this today, when I initially saw the first episode, I was first left, the first time I saw the episode, I was initially left with this feeling, not necessarily one of uh, not being satisfied you know, to a degree, I think I just felt like the way that I had seen these first eight episodes and I've been talking about this throughout the show is how they've been baking in Jen's personal growth into all of the fun and all of the funniness and the comedy and everything that goes along with that. So I think two things ultimately can be true. I think you can one have this moment with Kevin be an incredible moment that's incredibly hilarious and has a lot of markout moments and really Marvel Studios kind of laughing at itself and the audience in a way. And having all of those things put together is completely fine. I think it was actually executed pretty well. At the same time, to Mary's point, is kind of where I do also land. Because I think after you have a moment that you have in episode seven at the end with Josh, we don't see Josh again. I feel like that has to have some 
And then the Todd stuff, considering how much of a jerk that he's been throughout, kind of feels like it has to have something. So I was left with being very conflicted because I'm, I preface this also by saying that this did not subtract from my enjoyment of the show. Still think that the show is awesome. Um, I'll probably maybe even put it in my top three in terms of what I've seen in Disney Plus so far. Yet, I think at the same time, it's one of those things where when I view how they decided to do this, I think you can make it's when I look at how the detractors of Marvel Studios generally when it comes to the when it comes specifically to the Disney Plus stuff. And I've kind of been a proponent of, hey, relax, let them figure it out, let them get it right and give them time. I think something like this where purposefully they kind of tell you this is kind of how we mess up our finales and stuff because i think the gen dialogue as all of the stuff is happening prior to the fourth wall break is kind of telling you this whole convoluted finale idea and stuff like that and we get to that point and i was left also thinking while enjoying it like oh so they know that they're doing this yet they're still kind of doing it anyway so it makes me wonder it makes me wonder going forward how they will treat stuff like that now with the character of she-hulk you are a, i think there is a little bit more leeway to get away with something like that without it being a significant impact yeah so that's what i would say off that but jake you have something there i there's two things i think that because in the discord you said and i hate to keep referencing the discord but i think today was actually one of the best days to be in it honestly it was a great conversation so three dollars gets you in but uh the the thing you were saying i think you said that like they kind of were just doing it again and i feel like they might have it might have had the same result but i feel like they were doing the exact opposite what they normally would try to do and i think that ultimately if it still ended up having some loose ends then that's mm. like it, it is the same result as like for example wandavision's not great finale um but i think i think that i kind as i've been stewing on it today because i uh woke up early to watch it before work which anyone who knows me knows that that is a herculean effort for me to have done so i was sitting at work all day mm. thinking about it and the thing i realized is and i wish that this was kind of shown and even told more because i also think the phrase show not tell is a little rated but i think that even if it was told i wish that there was more of a thing of being like of kind of hammering home the idea of it's okay that we're not really wrapping up these plot lines because if you really think about it you don't care about these things like this is stupid and i think that that's a little bit what she says in the writer's room but as i was thinking about it the the josh thing is the one that i think they should have had some sort of resolution with but like todd and shit and like all like i think that they if if jen were to say point blank to the camera like you guys actually don't care about these storylines i'd be like you know what jen you're kind of right i actually don't i don't really care that much yeah. about what happens to todd um and so i think that i i, I think i said and i feel strongly about it, is i think that this finale will age really well whereas i think that the other bad mcu finales have aged poorly even worse mm -hmm. because i think ultimately especially if this gets a second season no one's gonna be like oh man there was that episode where there was all those really funny self-referential jokes but also they didn't explain how todd's storyline ended you know what i mean like that's just not something that i'm gonna be worried about especially if there's mm -hmm. a season two and so while i would have wanted I, what i would have wanted honestly was just that them to pick up inside of the shack and the like the cabin and have a little bit of a scene of things being resolved but like 
in two months, I'll, uh, I will have filled in the gaps in my head. So I'm really not that worried about it. And I'm mostly, I'm kind of just like, wow, they like did as fourth wall breaking a thing as you can do, mm-hmm. but in such a way that like it genuinely wasn't annoying. Um, and it, it was, it's, it was so close. It was on the razor's edge. Fourth wall breaking is always just like, you're always, especially once you like bring in a creator, you're always like one millimeter away from being like the finale of Two and a Half Men, in which the creator Chuck Lorre looks at the camera and says "winning," and that gets crushed by a piano. You don't want that, and so like you're always an inch away from that, and they didn't do that. <laughs> that's no, that's interesting when you pose it that way, and I think this kind of speaks to me being the story above all person, mm-hmm. and. And sometimes where you kind of wanted to see that payoff with Jen a little bit. And and mainly, I think, and I think you're right. It's not so much Todd, because we kind of know that Todd is a jerk. I think the Josh part of it was the, yeah. damn, but, I would have liked to see a little say, something there. Just a little, you know? And I'll let Cecilia take it from here, because I think that yeah. she probably, well, no, I wanted to introduce I idea that I assume Cecilia is probably thinking that, like, And if I'm projecting, if I'm being, you know, a very projecting ally, I apologize. But I feel like it is very much a male way of viewing storylines to need Jen to need to have revenge against Josh. She doesn't need that. That's not right, Cecilia. Am I wrong? Yeah, that is actually, that is exactly what I was thinking. Because I think that, um, because then you're asking a certain amount of um, labor from the characters too. And it's like, well, if you're not going to give me this, you need to give me this at least. And I think what Hmm. was really interesting is that they resisted that entirely they're like we're not even going to do the extra stuff we're going to cut this out we're going to do something else and that's it and i thought that that was so 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 interesting because part of this too was an idea of like a female utopia almost like this was sort of like a female (laughs) utopia and in our in that utopia she was like i'm not even gonna have to do the extra work of having this like confrontation or conflict i'm just gonna erase it from this storyline and that's what it's gonna be and i thought that that was super interesting whether that landed with people or not that i mean that emotional Mm -hmm. dimension that people have that totally makes sense but the way that i was viewing it was like oh this is really interesting like she's not even she's not even gonna do replace the work she's just not gonna do it at all and i think that that is kind of a radical thing to do in a story like this. No, it, no, it absolutely is. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Okay, so Cecilia, what if I what if I asked you if I was like, so they decided to do this thing, and essentially they basically kind of like bailed. They bailed on the on they bailed on the ending for the for the mo- for the most part. Yes, you have <laughs> you have some of the Hulk stuff that we'll get to a little bit later, and and some of the other stuff with Matt that we'll get to a little bit later. But essentially, they just decided to bail. They, they just threw the grenade and gave us the flash and the pomp and the circumstance. And they just said, hey, peace. What, what would you say to somebody who asked that? Um. Well, then <laughs> I would say it's like probably not the ending. <laughs> and then also the character continues to live on. And I think Correct. that because this character was the organizing principle of this show. Mm-hmm. And she's also always fighting for our attention. She's like, oh, you guys are all so excited to see Wong again. We'll remember whose show this is. This isn't going to be a cameo show. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Like her thing is she's kind of always fighting for attention. And at the end, she very much reclaims it. And in a very, very, really interesting meta way, the fourth wall breaks, even outside of this particular one, 
in this episode were really very different i thought mm-hmm. with the narrator yeah. kind of popping in and she's like what get the hell out of here like it was all really really interesting so <laughs> i mean you could say that they bailed but then you're also implying mm-hmm. there was a job that they should have done yeah. and they said I- no <laughs> A thing I want to throw to Mary is because because she I think alluded to some of this and this is what I, when I was spending my day at work not doing much, I, what I was thinking about was like once again even beyond the, just the Josh thing like if you were to describe to Jennifer Walters if she was a real person what she wanted to get out of busting intelligentsia it would actually just be calling the cops and getting them arrested and so like once again that is narratively maybe unsatisfying but as her show I actually. And more sympathetic to it than I was this morning. Does that ring true to you, Mary? Um, yeah, I mean, she obviously is a lawyer at heart. I mean, episode one was all about how she does not want to be a superhero. She just wants to be a lawyer. She struggled with the fact that her firm wanted her to be She-Hulk instead of Jen. Um, and as a lawyer myself, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so there's definitely sort of the satisfaction, I think, in that realm of yeah, getting justice the way you know what justice is. And if that's law, that's law. And I think towards the end, we get that hint at the very, very end where the reporter's like, oh, are you going to get justice as Jen or She-Hulk? And she's like, maybe both, you know? Uh, so I think that's kind of the moment where she's like truly become both of those. Now, but I as think- a lawyer, is that admissible if she ends up like beating someone up as She-Hulk? That, that she's like... <laughs> <laughs> there's no way. I mean, it's you know fictional universe, all that, but yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of no, no, you can't just go beat someone. I mean, unless there are now laws in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yes. that says okay, superheroes can go beat people up. But that sounds a lot like some version of a Sokovia Court <laughs> yeah. thing, and we know that's not a thing. So it's just like kind of, I guess, just the Wild West in that regard. So, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> It's 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 definitely an interesting conversation, and I think there were a lot of good reviews out there today. Mary, mm-hmm. yours I read, I thought was great. Um, mm-hmm. There was one I read, read from uh, Collider that was pretty yes. good too. From uh, Arizu, I forget her last name because she's on Twitter at Arizu D two. I'm so sorry, but if you make your Twitter name something funny, I won't know your real name. <laughs> yeah, th- I thought that was another good one too. So I think there's there's a lot of varying opinions on on this uh this episode and i think it kind of hits home because she hulk has kind of known that it's in in its own way without it trying it was already going to be polarizing so might as well just throw it out there for everybody to dine on so yeah it's it's wild how knowing the show was about how it's going to be received i mean I'm glad it was, and it's not like if you spend any time on the superhero movie TV show internet, it well, wouldn't be surprising at all. But like <laughs> I talked about it last episode, that um, I think, and I think, and it didn't change here. Just the the decision to make it that the villain of the show was not really a big villain; it was exactly the type of people who hate the show. Is both like really funny, but also like really real. Cause like who, you know, if you people try to, you know, superhero movies always try to make their villains like related to what's stuff going on in the real world. Like they're doing like genetic engineering and they become like a lizard man. It's like, you know what actually is the real villains is people who are like shitty on the internet's women. So we should make yeah. them the villains. And so I, I, I 
like that they stuck to their guns on that. Like, I was half expecting there to be some, you know, twist where a more important villain comes in, and it's like, hell no. Because guess what? Unfortunately, even if Todd is a freaking loser, he clearly is able to do a lot of shitty stuff. Because losers, like, listen, you could be a loser, but if you're a loser with money, then, hey, you can get some things done. But, (laughs) listen, we talked about basically what we felt like maybe didn't land with this with this whole episode and stuff like that let's talk about what did that whole kevin sequence Mm -hmm. from the start when the fourth wall break starts from her Mm -hmm. popping up on the menu screen and going into the assembled window to entering marvel studios lot to entering Mm -hmm. the offices signing the nda all of it there's a lot going on there and I see the look on your face, Mary. I want you to give me some of your favorite moments from that. Because it really was a landmark moment in the MCU. Because I think in terms of just not internet, just the general internet conversation around the MCU this year. I think it's kind of wild that they really just put it out there for all of us to see live and in living color. So give me your thoughts on the whole thing. No, absolutely. I think the fact that it kind of combined, right, this internet culture, I don't know what else to call it in a better (laughs) phrase, um, with the show, like we've mentioned before, just now, like the show that's going to get those people riled up. And from the get go, I'm assuming or relatively early on, they wrote it this way to like, have this sort of like, reconciliation moment with all that recognize it make jokes out of it. So they have now made jokes out of all these people who hate it for, you know, the sketchy reasons they hate it and like mm-hmm. all this stuff. And this show has fully embraced that and been successful because of that. And that's overall, that's what I love. But like little nitty gritty points, there's so many great things in it. But I mean, first of all, her coming through the Disney Plus like screen mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Because I mean, that just harkens back to like that classic comic cover of her doing that, you know, through the page. And I, it, when it happened, it's very jarring because you're like, I know I didn't just click out of this. Yeah. I know it's still going to what the hell, you know? Like, but um, yeah, and then I thought it was clever. She found a Marvel's assembled um, <laughs> so she could get into there. But um, yeah, all the jokes. I mean, I loved the, clearly she was trying to help the fans out when she was talking to K-E-V-I-N. I might just say Kevin. Just say but, Kevin. <laughs> they call him Kevin. Yeah, yeah. I only called him K-E-V-I-N the first time. You know how like you're supposed to spell something out the first time in a document and then you could abbreviate it? That's fair. I But just even her little like, when are we getting the X-Men? And then looks at, you know, everybody oh, else, yes. which is a fourth wall break within a fourth wall break. You know, like just like little things like that. Like Marvel, She-Hulk, everyone knows what everyone's thinking and we're finally going to like make jokes about it like officially. And that's super cool. And I mean, the jokes about budget and the CGI and uh, the visual effects seem to have moved on. So please do this better. I mean, it was one of the things I really liked, which is really small, was when Jen was saying a lot of people say Marvel movies in the same way. And then Kevin goes, Who's, say, who's saying that, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> just, just little things like that. I mean, of course, the NDA, like, I I just could not have imagined watching this in a show like this. So it's it was truly, like, a joy. Like, there was, like, a joy moment with all of it that I don't feel like mm-hmm. has really been matched much in the recent, you know, yeah. several years of the MCU. No, like, uh, it, it was just truly, uh, like, yeah. 
Oh man, Mary, I'm glad you said the the who says that portion because that's kind of been my argument on a lot of this stuff as of recent where somebody will be like, well, people are saying that the MCU is like this. And I'm like, yo, who are you talking about? Like, who is saying also, this? The ending, people are saying the thing about the endings. I'm sorry. There are a lot of criticisms that are complete bullshit, but like... No, yeah, I'm talking about the bullshit criticisms, it, not the one that you're saying. No, for stating. sure. But, yeah, I, the thing I liked about it, though, is that, and this is, of course, and this is podcast, as people know, is not like, uh, I don't think we're always kiss-assing Marvel Studios. But I really had the thought of, like, no one in any position of power at Warner Brothers would ever let themselves be made fun of like this. <laughs> like, that really is where I thought. And, like, and that's not to, like, gas up Kevin Feige. Like, oh, he's... But I think that he is much more self-aware than I think his critics would give him would give him credit for. And I think that this is, like... While, yes, it's not, like, a brutal takedown, the fact that some of the criticisms she has are actually legitimate criticisms and not, like, made-up ones, I think speaks well of the whole process. And once again, as I always say, like, if Kevin Feige was really, like, ruining movies, then people would hate working with him and everyone loves working with him. But anyway, that, like, I like that it is completely spot on with the things people have issues with and that this doesn't mean that i think marvel's going to solve their third act problems because frankly i think the third act problems are uh major studio movie third act problems not marvel movie problems um but i like that they kind of engage with that in that they mock the like the mere act of having him be a robot is mocking the notion that these are all formulaic and i think that um there's just a uh, it makes me it honestly in a dumb way as the person i am as you know someone with an arts degree i'm gonna put it in the booth i do sometimes feel insecure about making a show about the most popular movies in the world it's like but it made me feel like good like okay they, they're not they're not robots like clearly they actually do care about what they're doing and also as i said mentioned that the gif of uh jen giving the thumbs up to the camera will be used forever and always i like I said, I woke up to watch the episode. I made that gift before I went to work, which means that I've risked being a little late to make that gift. You're welcome. <laughs> Is it GIF or JIF? I always forget. Hashtag wash agenda. It's the guy who made it says JIF, but I say GIF because the G stands for graphic, and I like to hang hold over the hard G. That's well, fair. Well, there you go. I say GIF. There you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, nah, I don't care. Hashtag, again, hashtag wash agenda. I don't care. Um, It could be either or. So, Cecilia... Give me a little bit of a rundown of what you liked from this whole entire wonderful scene. From the Kevin scene. Yeah. I loved, um, it was so interesting because at first it's like, okay, this is the fourth wall break. And so like, you know, and this is like the fourth wall break. So you get the studio lot and walking into the thing and signing the NDA on the iPad too. And there was something I found it really interesting that they like did the I I don't know why that's like stood out to me. I guess when I think of like signing things in shows, it's always paper. But anyway, um, there was all that. And then when she walked in and it was like back to sort of this industrial uh, comic books e place. I thought that, that was super interesting because then I was like, okay, well now I mean we've already blurred the lines between fiction. And nonfiction, like we've already been playing with that throughout the show, and now we're doing it like even more so. Because now I'm like, even in your fictitious real world 
it's still fictiony. And so that was really funny with all the screens everywhere and the robot, uh, the robot Kevin with all the lights and everything. I was just kind of like, as that sh- scene started, I was, I just kind of had this like affective response where I was like, what, what, what is this? What am I supposed to do with this? Where, what, what is happening here? Like, I just felt like the show at that point was happening to me rather than mm-hmm. like me following it. And I, because of that, I just had to like, kind of deal with how I was going to embrace the logic of it. And then it was just hilarious. Like some of the jokes felt almost prescient. Like it feels like mm-hmm. there's been several jokes in this show too, that, you know, one episode will end and people will be like, Oh, I think this, 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 this. And the following week, the next episode, they will like reference the very theories that people were like mm-hmm. developing from the episode prior. Like they're almost anticipating all of our thoughts, which shows a level of um, like social and emotional intelligence that I think could only really be accomplished in a show that is female centered or at least female centered in this way. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And and I've talked about it before. I think that this is the first successful show in like a big budget successful thing in a big budget way that completely understands the internet. And I don't mean understands the internet and like how technology works that like actually understands what it's like. And when I say the internet, I don't literally mean just mean things that go on on the internet because our lives are so inextricably shaped by the internet that like you can just tell that beyond the stuff that's literally in the show, you can tell that they actually know what internet discourse is for both about superheroes, about everything. It None of it really ever rang false, even when they had to make up the site Intelligentsia, which is obviously based on stuff in the comics. Like, it was a little bit, like, wonky, where it's like, I don't think there'll be a whole dedicated site to this. It'll probably just be, like, one board on 4chan or whatever. But the way that it was done, it, it never felt like a law and order, we're going to do an episode about the dark parts of the internet. And that is, like... So, Obviously, it's a low bar in some ways if you spend all your time on the internet, but like, Jesus Christ, I've watched so many things that are otherwise good that are like, did you just DM them? That means direct message. And it's like, thank God they didn't. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I, I feel like after seeing that whole thing play out, no, I really had to step back and think about it. And I think that's the, I think that's the most interesting part about this is that it really made me think not only laughing, but then also thinking like, yo, damn, they really did this. And I think the I think the most important thing to recognize from that, at least for me, is one of the things that I've said throughout the show is like this show feels very comic booky. And I think this again is like the whole entire illumination of that coming to staying true to this, not only this character that we've gotten to know and grow with over the past nine weeks. But also, like, honestly, they stay kind of true to who she is in the comics, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they could, if you really take a look at it for what it is and you ignore some of the, maybe some of the faults that you have with some of the stuff, like, they stay true to that. And I think for this show to do that was not something that I was expecting. So I, 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 in terms of appreciation, I've had a lot of appreciation for the uh, writers' room, Jessica Gao, everybody involved to this point, for really giving us something new and fresh, which honestly, like we haven't really had until I mean this and 
uh, Werewolf by Night. I think like really in the last couple weeks and plus this this uh, entire run have been really when you talk about original content, this is what you want. And then I think that's why it's so interesting to see people react to it the way that they have, especially with the way that to Cecilia's point, they've been kind of attacking, not attacking, but kind of like being prescient about what people are saying before it even happens. So I think when you analyze that whole thing over, I mean, the X-Men thing is just like, oh my goodness. Like when she did that, that was just wild. That was wild. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a spectacle. Like you mm. usually have your spectacle endings and stuff like that. And we wanted to do something a little bit. We want to do something a little bit different here. Does he really need to? Does he really need to have my blood and have superpowers? Mm. I think is a great question because when you really think about it, does he really no. need to have it? No, he doesn't. So I think when you ask questions like that, I think it's pretty cool. But go ahead, Jake. I was just going to ask because Mary, you alluded to it because uh, I I know AC obviously has read some, but are you, are you have you gone deep into the She Hulk comics in your spare time? Forgive me for not knowing off the top of my head. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I wouldn't say I'm like the world's leading expert. Okay, perfect. But, yeah. So uh, I thought you were. I just wanted to double check. So I've seen a lot of people alluding to a similar run where, and correct me if I'm wrong, that she in the comics murders the writer of her comics. Is that correct? I think so. I think it. it yeah, I think it's. Yeah. So, think, yeah. so if anyone says that this is too far. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And that's the point. I think especially, I mean, her newer runs that I think the show like early on said, these are the kind of ones we were thinking about more in writing. They're not as like that as these older runs where she really broke the fourth wall and like really made statements and like really kind of, you know, push people's buttons probably as comic readers um, before they had Twitter and the Internet. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I felt this was the most comic booky show by far. Mm-hmm. Like I I it just lived up to all of that you had everything from sort of the more recent runs where she's focused on the law and you've got all these wacky little kind of defendants coming in and she's dealing with them. And then of course you've got these bigger moments where she's going to, um, I guess, approach Kevin. Um, and like <laughs> j- it just all over the place, but no other show or movie really has been able to, or willing to, or whatever it is kind of go that far. And she's a character that can, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I think if like, I don't know, pick it like, Thor just randomly did the exact same thing a little off, but you know, I think, (laughs) I think they took advantage where they could and they made it great because they didn't shy away from, Oh, this is a little far for us. We haven't done this in the MCU. Maybe she Hulk, you know, isn't the right one. And they said, screw that. Like, yes, it is. We're doing it. And it was successful. It was lovely. Mm -hmm. It it absolutely, it absolutely was. I can think of, just a just another small moment where Jen is like, "Oh, I'm getting my own movie," and Kevin's like, "No, <laughs> just like, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. Just stuff like that. Like that whole sequence was just was just or incredible." When she says about Hulk, Hulk, we'll find out in the movie. <laughs> we'll find uh, out in the movie. Like, okay, uh-huh. so they're giving us they're giving us the teases without giving us the teases. It's it just uh Overall, and, just and, a landmark moment. I'm sorry. I got to have also, there are so many, the thing about this, the reason also why on the Discord, like, well, I wanted to talk about the faults with it. It's just like, this is so dense with stuff to talk about. The, it's so, but the, you know, you know, I'm a Hulk. I smash things, you know, Bruce, yes. he smashes yes. walls. I smashed fourth walls and plot lines and Matt Murdock, which is, <laughs> uh, 
I mean, that's the thing. Like when I was like trying to think about it critically, I'm like, I could be critical about the way that this is plotted, but also she looks at the camera and says that she smashes Matt Murdock. You're like, what do you want me to do? You want me to evaluate this? Like, this is stupid. I think that's an incredibly fair point overall. And I'm glad you mentioned Matt Murdock because we saw Matt Murdock again. So listen, He's I said this. Uh, yeah, uh, man, they got him in light colors. They, they they got him being a changed man out here in these streets. Um, he's going he's going uh to barbecues with the family. I mean, my again, I will re I will repeat this again. Please have Jennifer Walters in Born Again at least for an episode or two. You do an eighteen of these things. At least have a mini arc with these two together. I ship them. I need them to be together for at least a little bit. If you could, Marvel Studios, please. Because the chemistry continued on from last week. I was just very pleased with what I saw. Jen's family members pressing Matt on his uh, on his job uh, as a lawyer in Hell's Kitchen. Just tremendous, tremendous stuff. Um, Cecilia. So seeing Matt Murdock again, we see him one more time. Well, what did you think of the the Devil of Hell's Kitchen showing up, albeit just to be mad in this case? I, well, first of all, because I last week's episode with Daredevil, I was like, I haven't seen chemistry and flirting in a show like this in a while. Like, mm-hmm. I am a nearly thirty mm-hmm. year old woman who has children. Like, oh, I'm very emotionally stunted. <laughs> Very, very tired. And I was like, I feel like I'm 15 again flirting with somebody. I was like, what is happening? And so I was very, very happy to have him back because it was also kind of like in service of Jen, which was great. And she is a type of character who just like will take that. Like, I just Mm -hmm. feel like he accepts that role. Charlie Cox accepts that role. So, like, having him there, he was like, yes, I am here because it makes Jen happy and gets her off. And I will gladly provide such a service. And I was, like, just very, very, very pleased with that. So, it brought me good tidings of great joy for the rest of the the day. (laughs) The little little bit of dialogue where where Matt goes man i didn't realize this conversation was headed that way and then when the pops goes well if you're gonna be hanging out around with us yeah this conversations are gonna go that way a little bit of hashtag washed agenda there shout out to shout that out one to you're the correct pop. that i will that one you are correct that is washed that was i did think i did think of you when i watched it i was like oh ac he's like burning ear to ear right now <laughs> this is right in my wheelhouse i love jen's dad he's just uh, just Incredibly lovable throughout the series. Mary, we saw Matt, but not doing Daredevil things, even though we saw him in costume briefly after all of the, the good stuff had subsided. Give me your thoughts on Matt's uh, final appearance in the series. I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that their chemistry and the flirting and all of that was just off the charts. And I agree. Like, I watch plenty of TV. I watch plenty of movies. Like, I normally just don't care that much about the romance plot lines because they're like, fine, you know, cool. Um, and especially in like the MCU, like there's no like couple that I'm like mm. really mm. rooting for caring about. But I, I agree with you. Like I would like them to keep doing that at some point or in some capacity, whether that's in Born Again or whatever, like because it's it's like too good to waste in the future, I think. And I think 
the way he was just kind of with her family at the end, like, yes. it was just so like peaceful and like warm and like everybody was happy. And it was, I don't know. It's, it's incredible how they interact. And I think it would be a shame to not see much of that again. Um, but I know obviously, you know, she hulks in LA, he's in New York. We've got mm-hmm. a lot of problems with that. Um, but I loved it. He was great in both the last episode and this, mm-hmm. even though he wasn't in this one much. Um, I think everybody probably feels about the same, but yeah. yeah. He wore plaid though, great. which is I think important for a I, I, listen, uh, I want to give a shout out to Charlie before you go, Jake. I want to give out okay, a shout out to Charlie Charlie Cox because you know he did say we did get a little audio of him um, earlier in the week before this episode, being like, "Well, you know, I think we should bring Jen back in in Born Again." So listen, if usually when these guys talk about these things, usually sometimes they they kind of work out that way. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed and hoping for it. But go ahead, Jake. Give me a, give me yeah. the deets on Matt Murdock. Yeah, I think that he's great. I also just want to note that one of the things that it comes up in the conversation between Jen and Kevin is the sex element of uh, She-Hulk and mm-hmm. Law, which, as listeners of the show know, it inadvertently became a cost celeb of mine in a national newspaper. Um, and so I care very <laughs> deeply about it. Uh, Mary, I was, I, I was, I did a thirty-minute interview with someone at the Wall Street Journal about indie directors doing Marvel movies, and then it turns out after they saw Eternals, they wanted to make the story about sex in Marvel movies. So they asked me two follow-up questions via email. They're just about sex, and I answered those, and that's all the quotes that are in the article. Anyway, <laughs> and the thing though is the thing, important thing, which I told my mother over and over again when I mentioned that I was in the Wall Street Journal. I did mean what I said, but anyway, that. I think that the important part of them being together, and I think what makes their chemistry work well, more so than other characters, is that actual, even if it's not literally sex, like the, there's a physical attraction that like, when in these other Marvel movies, the culminating thing is like, they have a kiss in like the rain or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And once again, that's not nothing, but it's also like, there's a different way that an actor is playing a romantic scene when what they're playing is I really want to kiss you dramatically versus where what they're playing is I really want to take that super suit off and go to the bedroom with you. You know what I mean? Like, that is a different energy and that's what they're playing the whole time. And I think that like, that's why it felt so unique in the MCU. Yes. 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 So uh, most certainly say, for sure. Yeah. Go ahead, Mary. Well, the, one of the jokes in the, with Kevin, I forgot about that. I also loved is when Jen said, I wouldn't mind having, you know, mm-hmm. daredevil back. Cause you know, girl has needs. And <laughs> Kevin goes, yeah, we have historically been light in that. That no, for sure. For sure. It, and I think, you know, as I think about this episode overall, you know, you could spend a lot of time on the Kevin segment. You could spend a lot of time on Matt Murdock. But I do also have to say there's a couple of quick hitters that I want to get to. I thought the open to the episode was pretty awesome. Um, the the uh, the montage, the montage hearkening back to the old Incredible Hulk series and uh, putting in the sensational She-Hulk. The and also Mark Ruffalo when he's standing with when he's standing with Jen there. The way that he moves his head a little, he does that little head tilt. That was hilarious. I was just started busting out laughing. It was it was it was too funny. It was too funny. I really enjoyed that. I think another thing, this man is a standout in this series, and I want to give him his flowers. Josh Shigara as Pug, again, absolutely <laughs> awesome. Being absolutely, he's repulsed to to be being one of these bros and he's forced to do it and he just does it in such a way that's 
awkward, but at the same time, he's getting through. And he's just always willing to help Nikki out. And mm-hmm. man, yeah, Pug is Pug is one of my faves, man. I, I really enjoyed Great. his performance throughout the series for sure. And just- the females' detail—that's another yeah. example of them just knowing the inter- knowing like that is like that is a thing that you really do need to be in the cesspool of the internet to know. And I'm glad that they were. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So as we kind of wind down here, I think there's one one little plot line that kind of came back from the earlier portion of the series that everybody was hyped about when the Hulk got on that ship and went went back to Sakar. We it, what he brings back is his son Scar, um, who has uh, quite the haircut. What barber did he go to? Did did was it the Stan Lee barber from uh, Sakar? It seems like it was because that, that that haircut was looking a little rough um, out here, but. Now that we have Hulk's son, and and Mary, I'll ask you, where where do you think this is kind of going? Like, there's always the 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 going rumor is the World War Hulk thing, and I think that's been asked about and it's been talked about a lot. So I know there's like two different types of World War Hulks. There's one that's my favorite, the one where they send him to Sakar and he gets mad after the the planet gets blown up, and then he comes back looking for vengeance and then there's another world war hulk that that um and involves red hulk and involves a whole bunch of other hulks so just kind of basing just want to get a feel from you what do you think that they are going to end up doing with that in your opinion yeah i think just kind of based on the two you just throw throughout there i mean i think the second one where it's more earth-based and we've just got a lot of hulks going on um i think that's gonna be where they're going with it um i know there's a lot of theories about is it its own project is it embedded in something else i don't know um but i mean scar's introduction he plays you know a major role in that second world war hulks um so that kind of makes sense in that regard. But I think it is just more of a hinting like, oh, there's yet another Hulk. And I think this whole season, even though it ended here in the finale to say like, oh, we're not going to do that whole blood plot line. But like it teased the whole, right. there could be more Hulks, there could be more Hulks. And we know the leader will be in Captain America 4. So might be his thing as well. I think we were teased enough, even if that wasn't part of She-Hulk itself, that we're going to get more Hulks. It's probably going to cause a problem. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to get a project out of it. Um, and that'll be interesting. But I, I do think it, obviously, I think Sakaar seems to be kind of in the rear view window at mm-hmm. this point. Um, yeah. And I don't know that that's going to play too much of a role going forward, but could mm-hmm. be wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I would probably tend to agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I know you're not a grand, I look into the future and I see the crystal ball of what's mm-hmm. about exactly, to happen. Yeah. Type of type of person, well, but um, just just give me a little thoughts on, yeah. on on Scar showing up. So I do agree that the hairline is the first thing I noticed, and of course, <laughs> because I'm me, obviously, 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 we all know what the first question when they say the Hulk has a son who is a Hulk. You'd be lying if there's not one question that you ask in regards to the mother. Like that, there's just it's just let's not. I don't want to be crass, but like there is a question you have to ask. But all of that aside. I think that a Earth-based thing is what I would prefer because I think that the MCU has had trouble establishing stakes on alien planets because it 
just not really humanize the populations. And if they were to have like a World War Hulk on Sakaar, it would be like, I don't, it, it just would feel kind of, or involving mm. Sakaar, like, I don't care about the people of Sakaar, you know? Um, and so, like, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Um, but. I don't know. I liked it as a fine tease. And I think because they had the bit about not doing a big Bruce thing that it kind of felt like having their cake and eating it too. And yeah, it's not one of the, it's something that I'm interested to see how they handle. And um, yeah, I have no knowledge of it. So I'll leave that to you guys. I do have a clarifying question about that because like how old is this kid? When was he born? (laughs) What is the timeline here? Like if he was I, I could not place the age and the timeline. That really, really threw me off. And I also don't have a like, comic yeah. so. Well, just based on live action, like, I mean, if yeah. Hulk ended up in Sakaar in 2015, right, mm-hmm. that's the earliest anything could have happened. And then if we take, you know, the movie timelines by what they are, then like 2017 is the latest. And then the blip, so... I don't exactly know where we are in the MCU, but it's only been like, to your point, I don't know, seven, eight years. No, I think it's, mm-hmm. a, I think, it, I think the oldest he could be is like 10 or 11. Cause I think it's, at, I think it's canonically like yeah. 2025 right now. I, but I guess yeah. Hulk's age differently. Also, we don't know what, what his mother was. Uh, maybe she, yeah. I, there's a lot of questions. So many um, questions. <laughs> yeah. But that's a fair point. He is, he is a child child. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I do. Think- <laughs> yeah, this is so hard for me not to be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is usually, yeah, this is usually where he he goes, where he goes. Um, I, okay, I, I'm I'm gonna drop it, but I am not 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 the only person who had this thought. I can't be. I was gonna say this is this is the Jake Christie that wants to talk about this. This is what you get for with the behind the wall Patreon stuff. So oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have, I have no I have no. This is this is because my parents could maybe listen to this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, listen. I I mean, I would like to see who who Hulk's baby mama was or is, and that that would be nice at some point. Hopefully, hopefully, maybe in World War Hulk, if they decide to do that, we get a little intro. And see, and see who the the young lady is at some point, but you know, for that's for another time. As uh, we wait to see how these projects develop out, some quick hitters before we finish. This I, I do have a question for the panel. Like, uh, if this is one of the most enjoyable shows. What was your favorite singular episode of the show, uh, Cecilia? I will start with you. What was your favorite episode of She Hulk? I'm. <sighs> I was gonna say it's gotta be the Matt Murdock one it has to be it's gotta be episode 8 just cause mm-hmm. that one I mean a satisfying ending indeed so <laughs> <laughs> that one it placed Matt Murdock on my 2023 daddy's list like the, the lit yeah that one is up there but I do think that the uh, was it episode 4 with Madison I, yeah, yeah. I cannot stop saying, like, I was sent to a diff dimension. Like, I <laughs> that one, and to have such like a, a airhead of a character actually have something that was very, very compelling was awesome. Oh my so, goodness! Yeah, that's gotta um, be Lisa's too. Yeah, Mad- Madison and Wong forever for <laughs> with the with the number four and Eva. Um, Mary, what, what was your favorite episode of She Hulk? I mean, I think episode eight with Daredevil, like, I think is objectively just, like, the 
the best. Like there was just like nothing wrong with it for the most part. Like it was great, yeah. but I do have a soft spot for episode three because I really liked, obviously as a character in this situation, Dennis Bukowski, who we did get a little bit in mm-hmm. the finale, just a smidge. Right. As a character, he's just hilarious. And him and Pug in that as he was trying to win his money back from the light elf. Uh, like that that humor between him and Pug, I, I just loved it. Like So that one made me laugh probably the most. And I have a warm, special spot for that one. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, the Daredevil episode's pretty, yeah. <laughs> Shout, shout out to Dennis. The end, the endless misogyny is just like incredible. Mm-hmm. It's just like I've never seen anything like it in television. <laughs> just to that, to that degree, to have it be so comedic, I would, I should say, yeah. um, mm-hmm. it, it was was pretty incredible. So, how about you, Jake? Where where you stand it, on this? Eight, uh, the Daredevil episode. Uh, I agree with the others about the also funny episodes, um, but you know, sometimes there's just something that's better than everything else. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is true. Uh, with a with a heavy heart, like with the uh, with the with the Wesley Snipes uh, meme of of him holding the gun, tearfully shooting episode four down for in favor of episode eight. That's kind of how I feel. I think episode four, like in any other series without episode eight, would be the best, just because the Madison Wong thing was just incredible. Um, Donnie Blaze and oh his God. crazy crew was just hilarious throughout um that jen going on them dates just like all of it the dude calling her a six like the whole thing was just like just so nuts i love that episode a lot but yeah you can't beat the you can't beat the chemistry the camaraderie love making the whole thing the superhero lessons my, my heart my heart beats my heart my heart beats oh i'm healthy and the little <laughs> dance that she does to um, the damn leapfrog, like the that, that whole episode from beginning to end. And I think even the end with the way that they kind of like showed everything, the, the video at the at the ga- at the gala and all of that, too. Um, Jen's little fourth wall break before the end of the episode, like all of episode eight is just incredibly fantastic. So so that's I'll go with that, too. But uh, yeah, let's get some final thoughts here. Like, not only in terms of where how you view the series as a whole, but kind of where it stands on your Disney Plus uh, level. Jake, I'll, I'll start with you. So, give me your thoughts mm-hmm. on She-Hulk yep. overall and where it stands. So, there's one last point I want to make, and then I'll answer those questions. I do just want to note a thing that uh, we've been talking about. Um, both in the real world response, and I've joked about, but I also think it's super interesting is that it turned that the guy who is behind all of not behind all of, but like the main bad guy who wants to take down She Hulk also goes on a date with her and is clearly into her. And it goes back to the point that I've made, I think I first made it about people getting mad about the Megan the Stallion thing, which is like mm-hmm. bros being mad on the internet mostly start because they're attracted to someone and they're mad about it. Like that's, and I think, that, and I, I, it's the thing you joke about, but it's also like, those two things are related. And I think some people might read it as like, he was going on those dates to like get information on her. Like, no, no, no. He was going on those dates because he was into her and then was rejected. And that's why he did all that. So I thought that that was a really nice touch. Um, overall, it's either my number two or number three um, for Disney plus shows. I want to see my gut says two, mostly because like, I do think that WandaVision because of its unsatisfying conclusion has aged 
worse for me having rewatched it. But I want to rewatch all of this and see how I feel. But it's definitely in the top three. Um, I think that those Loki, WandaVision, and She Hulk are in like a tier of their own um, for me. And I just, I want there to be a season two so badly because I think that now, like, I think the thing that the show got so right is it was the first Marvel Studios TV show that felt like a TV show through and through. In that, yes. like, yes, there was plot lines carried over, but it was mostly, like, there was always something new every week, and it was a character-based. And, like, I would have no problem at all. If they... I would be over the moon if tomorrow Kevin Feige was like, we're coming back with 12 episodes. And if all 12 of those episodes were, like, a new case with, like, some personal stuff in the background threaded through, I would be happier than a pig and you know what. <laughs> that's That's a wonderful way to end that note on. Uh, Mary... Uh, give me your thoughts, She-Hulk overall, and where you would rank it on the Disney Plus series. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I've mentioned, I did, I did love it. I didn't think it was perfect. I think there was a point watching it where I was like, "Oh God, is this getting worse?" You know, like uh, not that it was bad, but I'm like, it wasn't quite as good as three, like episodes three and four, like we just kind of talked about. But um, and then it came back up, obviously. So I love it. I mean, to me, it's my favorite. I. It's really not a hard decision for me on that one. I think my second, I think, is Miss Marvel. Um, but I'm not entirely sure where I go. But it was early on in She-Hulk. I'm like, if it keeps this up, like, there's just no doubt in my mind that this is my favorite show. I mean, it hits for me on a lot of levels. I mean, I'm a lawyer. I'm very tall. So, like, I kind of feel like She-Hulk in that way. And then- <laughs> go on with your bad self, Mary. And so, yeah, and um, I, I just thought it was hilarious. And there's so much of it, like, I'm sorry, we got Wong in it. We got mm. Abomination in it from the first time in 2008. We had, you know, Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo in it. Like, you got so much out of this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's such a, like, short runtime per episode. That is just, like, crazy. It really exists, honestly, on some level. Yeah. Even, like, especially the finale, you know, as we talked about. Mm. So I just, I love it. I love the risk it takes. I love that they you know, worked out. Sometimes they don't. So because of that, yeah, it's easily my number one. Mm, it, it, good, good stuff there. Cecilia, how about you? Where does She-Hulk stand with you? Um, I think uh, pretty similar to what Juke was saying. It, it's in two, two to three uh, territory, okay. probably up there. Again, I have Loki and WandaVision pretty high. Um, Loki will probably always I think Loki is actually my favorite project of all of phase four and like top five of all of the MCU so Loki is really really high up there for me but this one for the Disney plus shows I would put I would put up there as well just because again it exceeded so many of my expectations and I already like like I've already said have a bias towards whatever Mm -hmm. Marvel's gonna make um, and the fact that they still exceeded that expectation it was just like, I, I really, mm-hmm. really was pleased with it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think overall as a series, I was very impressed. I remember now I think back to watching the screeners um, a couple months ago and when I first saw him just being like incredibly impressed with what this writer's room was able to accomplish um, I think as throughout the show, as it continued to go on, where Jen would be talking about like whose show this is and stuff like that, those little hints and those little jokes, they were jokes, but I think it spoke to something larger. And I think that's where I wasn't 
I was not expecting something that was listed as a comedy to also have the character development to a degree that they were able to get out of this. So that's where I kind of come in and feel like She-Hulk, if I had to really think about it, I think I would put it number two now. Um, I think Loki Loki is number one because I just love the philosophical stuff with Loki and Mobius and Sylvie and obviously the he who remains thing at the end at the end of the series. I think uh, that's just like an all time MCU moment. But I think to what Mary talked about earlier, we had a kind of an all time MCU moment in this episode. If we really think about it. So mm-hmm. I think that's where I would put She-Hulk number two. I think they did a lot of good stuff throughout. I think, again, mm-hmm. the comic book aspect of it as a fan of that, um, seeing them integrate that. So as well as they did. Yeah, you can have your you can have your moments in the middle episodes where you kind of feel like not everything hit together. But I think overall, especially as Jake mentioned, too, as a TV show. I think this thing really this thing really accomplished what it needed to accomplish and getting jennifer over as a character mm-hmm. i think was the most important thing and they absolutely nailed that and i think that's where i feel very confident about being like yeah this is a, easily a top two show i need a season two i need to see mm-hmm. jen i need to see nikki i need to see pug even bring your boy dennis back like mm-hmm. everybody, Mallory, mm-hmm. the whole crew. Uh-huh. I want to see them again. So, like, however they decide to do that, uh, I would be incredibly <laughs> yeah. excited. And um, no, this has been great to this has been great to cover with you guys. Um, this 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 season finale. But alas, all good things must come to an end. Um, want to thank our guests tonight, both Mary and Cecilia, for joining us. Cecilia, I'll start with you. Where can we follow you, my friend? Um, I am either at Cecilia, which is C-E-C-E-L-I-A, M Stokes one, or just Cecilia M Stokes on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and if you are a, I don't know, a cultural studies scholar, maybe you'll find me on the conference circuit. I'm going to Pop Culture Association's uh, conference in in the spring. So, mm-hmm. you know. That's where you hey. hear part of the show and you see her. Don't embarrass us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank, thank you, Cecilia, once again for joining us. Mary, my pal, such a pleasure to have you on for the first time. We have to have you, you back. You. Uh, such it. a pleasure. Yeah, definitely check out check out her work at Murphy's Multiverse. But Mary, give us the follows. Where can we find you? Oh, um, I only have a Twitter for being at Murphy's Multiverse. So I think it's like at Mary Rowe, which is R O W E 27. Something this is correct. And yeah, I can also Google that. And I think read the articles. Anthony thinks was great, which is great. Um, you're always so nice. Um, you really made me feel like I could do this early on when I just kind of randomly ventured into this world. So I appreciate that. I will say we all would be better off if we have an AC in our corner. Having an AC in my corner, I will say it is one of the best things I have. And I say that with no irony. Oh, man. You you are too kind. And and also, I'll say, Mary, like, you didn't really need me. Your work did the stuff for it. So, like, as soon as I seen what you were doing, I was incredibly pleased. And that's why I made sure. Listen, they always tell you to give people their flowers while they're here. Like, 
to shout you out. You're doing a great job and continued continued great work in whatever field you're doing, not just this. And uh, keep lawyering up as you as you're always doing. So we'll definitely have you back on the show eventually. Jake Christie, where can we follow you, sir? You can follow me at the Jake Christie. Uh, I uh, tweet a lot of stuff, and sometimes today I was on a roll of just bad tweets. Just I just some real stinkers, and so you can check them out if you want. <laughs> oh my goodness! And you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. Follow the show at MC University Pod. Appreciate everybody supporting. And listen, five star review, five star, five star, and five star. Make sure you even if you have something terrible to say, just write, just make it five stars. Why not? Just do that. Mention the Patreon at the top. Uh, we do have a couple of things in the works. Jake mentioned last week that we're doing the Fast and the Furious series. We're going to start reviewing those movies. And also, I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth briefly here that I am doing an interview series with our patrons. Um, anybody who feels free to reach out, reach out. I've had people reach out, so we're going to start that soon. I'm going to talk to them about whatever they want to talk about. And it could be anything. It varies. I I got I heard about Power Rangers the other day. And um, I'm hearing about multiverse and, and sports and leadership and things like that all come up. And we will discuss those things because I think the least that I and we can do um, for all the people who support us and who have been so great on the Discord is to get to know them a little bit better. Know the people who are really supporting us, like really are out here for us. So. A lot of appreciation there. Stay tuned for that. And uh, also, yes, next week, as always, with these shows and when these things end, we do a mailbag. So if you want to ask a question regarding She-Hulk, Werewolf by Night, anything coming out, Wakanda Forever is right around the corner, literally five or four weeks away, whatever amount of time it is, we're almost there. So just check us out there. So for Cecilia... For Mary and Jake, I'm Anthony Canton III. This has been Marvel Cinematic University, and we will talk to you next time.